You're listening to episode 151 of the FitzPro podcast, and today is on the training side of things. So we are talking to trainees and trainers about, I say we, I am talking about options that you have when either your own training or a client's training has plateaued, their performance has plateaued. What are some things that you can implement? These are very simple things. You do not need to go crazy with your approach or give them a completely new program. You have options, and that is what we are discussing today. So without further ado, let's dive in. The FitzPro Podcast is your no BS approach to seeking out truth in the world that is online health and fitness. You'll see through the lens of the trainer, the trainee, and the entrepreneur. I'm your host, Annie Miller, certified strength and conditioning specialist, entrepreneur, lover of sleep, lattes, and dinosaurs, aka not your average Fitzbo. And my aim is to help you grow your mind, body, and business through knowledge and authenticity so that you too can become a Fitzpro. If you happen to be an online health and fitness entrepreneur, go ahead and check out my free on-demand workshop. I literally made it for you. It is called Your Biz Your Way, Three Steps to Build a Profitable Online Health and Fitness Business. You can check that out at anniemiller.co slash workshop dash register. While you are on the site, check out the free resources that I have to offer. You can go to anniemiller.co slash resources, and those are free downloads and things of that sort for the trainer, the trainee, and entrepreneurs. Of course, as always, I want to thank Legion Athletics. They are the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world. If you are skeptical, they have a 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. If you're in the market for adding supplements, that could be protein, that could be creatine, that could be pre-workout, that could be just vitamins and minerals that you are trying to get in, I highly recommend Legion, uh, whether you are just trying to make your life easier or like I said, you know, get more protein in, optimize recovery, explore the world of supplements. Legion are my people. Beyond the supplements being good themselves, they are scientifically backed with the ingredients and the dosages. They have 100% formula transparency. If you are interested, if you want to add supplements to your dietary intake, go to buylegion.com, B-U-Y legion.com. Use code Annie at checkout to save 20% off your first order, and you will get double Legion reward points if you are an existing customer, but you want to use code Annie just to represent much appreciated. So training plateaus are going to happen the longer that you have been training for. The higher that someone's training age goes, the more likely it is that they are going to experience training plateaus. And that is the joy of newbie gains. I talked about that in another episode. Um, In that season, which can last years, you are able to make noticeable adaptations on a monthly basis, if not a weekly basis, for the the newbie period of time, the newbie gains. And when that time ends, you will likely hit a training plateau, meaning that you are unable to increase load lifted for a given amount of reps, or you're unable to increase volume at a given load. Either way, basically nothing new is happening and it feels like you aren't making progress. This is a plateau. Luckily, training plateaus are part of the process and not the end of the world whatsoever. If you have not taken a deload week, That is my first suggestion before getting fancy with anything or adding more training stimulus to yourself. 
If you are not making gains or your client is not making gains with the current programming, you are pushing yourself, right? I assume a deload would be the way to go. Doing a deload week allows the body and the mind, the nervous system to recover from training that has happened over the past weeks and months. Not only your muscular system, like I said, but also your central nervous system, your mind, the total load of working out. So during a deload week, it's not that you do absolutely nothing, but you lower the volume and intensity of the work that you've been doing. These workouts should not be taxing. The point is to keep yourself moving, but not going in a way that taxes the body or requires an adaptation, right? The stimulus is going to be much lower than usual. And the adaptation piece is what we would want from your normal training. We are applying different stimuli to the body in order to require or demand an adaptation that builds muscle or results in, you know, better movement pattern, higher work capacity, better mobility, whatever it is that your programming is trying to do. So rather than adding anything, my first suggestion is always a deload week. Do less to hopefully be able to do more. If you've done deload weeks or a deload week, you've been implementing them and you are still hitting a training plateau, then you have a few other options. And I would say that those begin with playing with tempo, variation, and range of motion. These are in contrast to playing with things like volume, which we will discuss later. When playing with tempo, you will likely have to lower the load, whether you are making the tempo faster in working on power output or velocity, or slowing it down and increasing overall time under tension. Both of these scenarios require a higher load for, excuse me, a lighter load for maximum power output and development, or obviously a lighter load for increasing the time under tension. I also want to go back to the idea that less is more. So while I may play with a variable like tempo, I am not necessarily increasing or decreasing tempo on every single lift within a workout and therefore a training phase. I might just play with tempo on one or two exercises per day to give the body a new stimulus. Variation and range of motion kind of go hand in hand with one another. So sometimes if a client is plateauing on say a deadlift or a sumo deadlift, I might implement something like a sumo deadlift from a deficit on their sumo day, and maybe rack pulls or pin pulls from a limited range of motion on conventional deadlift day. The deficit on the sumo day pushes range of motion, right? We have deepened that range of motion, and it also gets after that kind of posterior hip capsule. The pin pulls on conventional deadlift day allow the client to pull a higher load, but for a shorter range of motion, therefore giving a new stimulus to the muscles. And I might not change much with the accessory work because that single change in the main lift might be enough to push them through the plateau. Range of motion is a very, very powerful variable of training that I don't think people play with often enough. Different muscle fibers are recruited within different ranges of motion. Therefore, we can possibly push past a plateau by recruiting more muscle fibers or new muscle fibers in a given area than we normally would. And that is the magic of science and honestly, science plus simplicity. If a client is having a training plateau with a specific movement, 
I would look at their weakest point of the movement and use pauses or isometrics to work past that sticking point, which I mentioned in another episode, in a recent episode. Um, That could be on something as simple as a pull-up. So recently, I actually had a one-on-one client who has improved immensely with her chin-ups and her pull-ups and really overall vertical pulling all over the place. Um, But those last three inches towards the top of the bar have become a noticeable weak point in the exercise. So at least for one phase, we are keeping the volume in the exercises the same but we're adding a 10 to 15 second hold at the top of the exercise after the last set. So in addition to the sets, this is going to allow more time under tension in the specific joint angle that is the weakest part of the movement for this client. You can apply that to something like a hip thrust or a squat pattern or deadlifts, you name it and you can apply it. I implemented isometrics, but you could also implement pausing, which is really just like a shorter version of isometric. So one and a quarter squats or a deadlift variation with a pause at the mid shin um, on the way up or on the way down would be an example of that. The other variable that we can play with is variation. Uh, So that might just change up the grip or the stance that a client is using for all of the same exercises. So if we were doing Bulgarian split squats with a pretty wide front to back stance, so a more glute dominant stance, I might change that to a more narrow stance in order to make it more quad dominant. If we were doing seated rows with a neutral grip, I might change it to a pronated or supinated grip or a wider grip, or even do a complex where we're doing 15 total reps but in a mechanical advantage setup, so like five wide pronated into wide neutral into five supinated, like a drop set. Using a different variation of the same exercise just works and recruits slightly different muscle fibers, um, similar to that of the range of motion that we talked about earlier. So I want to reiterate that none of these so far have focused on making massive changes to the program. When a client hits a plateau, it's most important to look at why the plateau might be happening and if it's with one single exercise, um, if it's more of a mental thing, or if they need to switch up muscles and patterns that they are currently working. The last thing that you can do is what I mentioned earlier, which is to play with load and volume pretty extensively. If a client has been working above 80% for five months, let's say, and you don't seem to be making progress, assuming you are working kind of in that maximal strength range, you can look at going into more of a metabolic phase because they've been in a very neuro phase for you know, an extended period of time. That's why seasons of training and long-term periodization are so important. You can't work on maximal strength all the time. We need seasons of building work capacity and overall volume of training. So it might be time to enter one of those. Hitting a plateau could be that indicator that you need to switch up the overall goal of your next mesocycle, meaning the next like three to four months of training. So maybe you transition your client either out of high volume into lower volume, heavier loads, or out of heavy load, low volume into some moderate volume moderate weight. I don't typically suggest going zero to hero in either direction. The body will adapt best with a gradual transition. 
it'll adapt either way, but I think it's a smoother transition, which can also be helpful for the mental game of the client, which I do think needs to be considered. I know that I have seen athletes successfully go from extremely low volume, high loads. We're talking like, you know, three, two, one style wave loading straight into a five by 10 German volume training phase. It's pretty brutal. Um, but like I said, the body will adapt. Um, and obviously load is relative. So just things to keep in mind. Um, this may have been a bit of a shorter episode, but hopefully it was helpful. I felt like it was pretty packed. And I think that this question gets asked a lot. And I also think um, it actually has simpler answers than people might think. Start small, see what, what the body adapts, how the body adapts. Let's not do more than we need to and avoid making massive changes if it is not needed. If you love this episode, if you want to support the Fitzpro podcast, please go to whatever platform you listen on and give the show five stars if that's possible. Leave a written review. If you are not on my main mailing list, make sure you are because there are exclusive podcast listener discounts at the bottom of every email. And that includes Annie's Daily Dose as well as Annie's Weekly Wisdom. You can find those at anniemiller.co slash news. Until next time, I am Annie Miller and thank you so much for tuning in to the Fitzpro podcast. Pro podcast.